when I'm teasing. Y'all ready for the word? Go to Matthew 24. And I want y'all to do better than the first service. I couldn't hardly get them to say amen or nothing. Amen. I love the second service because y'all are a lot more lively. And I think that from now on when we serve communion, I'm going to start serving the espresso in the first service because I date. I thought someone was praying in the Holy Ghost the other day and was snoring. I think it was Paul. No, not really. So I have a sermon today called Jesus' Last Days Checklist. See there? See how exciting y'all are? How many of you believe we're in the last of the last days? We are. We are in the last of the last of days. My sermon didn't actually come out of this church. It It came out of people that Lisa and I know that are shocked at the world and are not really, don't really have any idea what to do. They're like deer in the headlights. They're just kind of. They're, they're not ready for the time we're in. I don't think they've made the adjustment yet. So I want to make sure that you are making the adjustment, that, that Jesus gave us a checklist. Turn me up a little bit, Megan. Um, he gave us a checklist. Now, when I, you know, years ago I flew airplanes. At least Justin and I are seriously thinking about buying another airplane because I'm really over United and Delta. You know, when I can go to Louisiana in four hours in my own airplane, it takes me 10 to get there in a big, massed up bunch of mean stewardesses. It's ready to get another plane. Amen. So whenever I learn to fly, the, the, one of the first things they teach you is how to use a checklist. Now, the reason why is because there is no room for error. You go down the checklist and you check everything on it and make sure everything on that plane is working. Do you have the fuel? How's the oil? Do you have this item? Do you have that item? Because you don't want to get up there and go, forgot that. Not a good day. Okay. So you have checklists that you go down and make sure that you're doing everything right. I think that we should have a last day's checklist. I think that we should be on our game right now. And I think Jesus gave us a last day's checklist when he wrote Matthew 24, and he had a a verbiage he used, see that, see that you do this, see that you do that. And I want to go over those because I want you and I to think. Now, it wouldn't hurt for you to take notes, amen? So Matthew 24, let's start with verse 3. As he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately and said, tell us when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Now, understand something. That's quite a statement because they did recognize that the way it was, it will not be that way forever. The way we know the world right now will change and we will never come back to this kind of a life again. That's going to change soon. In the days of Noah, if you see someone building a boat and animals are going into it, something's going to change soon, right? So we're starting to watch the world. Now, someone asked me a question the other day. Do, we think, do I think the vaccine is the mark of the beast? I do not, but I do believe it is a precursor to it. 
Now, now, you know, I, I know three of y'all are saying amen and all that, and you're thinking, being lively is fine. All right. We are in the last of the last days. We are here. The world as you know it will never go back to the way it was. They, you know, remember two years ago, if you only wore the mask for a short while? Did that change? They have no intention of changing. As a matter of fact, we have people on the planet right now that are very bad people. And they have full intention on changing the way you live. All right. Now, we live in troubled times. Now, he never told you to pretend like it wasn't going to be troubled times. So there is a last days. Now, let me give you some statistics. I'm not going to give you a date of the rapture. I don't have one. But I do want to show you that it's close. And I'm going to use some numbers to do it. Not, not prophetic. I'm not prophesying. I'm just going to give you some dates. In, in 1917, we, uh, Israel signed the Bell for Agreement. And um, in 1947, uh, they signed the Declaration of Independence. 1967, the Six-Day War. 2018, they relocated the embassy to Jerusalem. And in the year 2027, will be 100 years after the Bell for Agreement, and in 2021, this year, right now, this is the Jewish New Year starts. When does it start? Somebody tell me. It's end of September, 1st of October, and it changes every day. Does anybody know exactly the date? It's, it's right around this time. The Jewish New huh? Two weeks, Two weeks ago. Okay. So God is not an American. And God is not on the Gregorian calendar. He's on a Jewish calendar. And everything God does, he does it by Jewish calendar. Now, you, you need to know that. Because everybody's running around saying, well, the rapture could take place any minute. No, it can't. No, it can't. Everything God did in Jesus, he did it on a feast day. God has never done anything apart from a feast day. So would he do the next set of events on a feast day? So what feast are yet to be fulfilled? The fall feast. The feast of trumpets. September, October time. This is the timetable, the time period that we need to be paying attention to. I believe the rapture and the return of Jesus will be somewhere around September, October. How do I know that? Because, the, because he does everything. He, he does it on time. And he doesn't go, ah, oh, today's a good day to come back. He doesn't do that. All right. Now, I need you to know something that God has preplanned everything in years of 7777 up until 49 years, which is the... Um, Year of Jubilee, 49th year. God always does things in sevens. Right now, this month, is the beginning of another seven-year cycle. When does it end? Right around 2028, 20, 29. There are seven years of Jewish time left. 
How many of you think it's getting close? It is. It's, in other words, Jesus made a statement. He says, we don't know the time or the day, but he didn't say we didn't know the season. We can look around right now and go, I think things are getting close. And because of that, God wants you to be wise. Don't go around with your head stuck in the sand and act like, okay, sarah, sarah, I'll go 50, 75, 100 more years. I don't think so. As a matter of fact, if you want to be here in 50 years, I think you're a nut. <laughs> now, right after I got born again, a lady came up to me and she said, Daryl, that's my name before I came pastor. She said, Jesus could return at any time. And when I turned around, I walked away. I said, Lord, is that true? He said, no, it's not true. He said, before I return, the church will be praying, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. We are closer to Maranatha now than we've ever been. I've actually heard people pray, come back Jesus. All right, now I said that because of this one statement, and I'm going to read it in the Bible in a second, but just listen to me. We are living in a time of trouble. Jesus never told you that you were going to pray trouble away. Matter of fact, he gave you the Holy Ghost to live in the trouble, not to pretend like it's not there. So we're living in a time of trouble. So, so having said that, just, just, just hold your horses here. Um, turn with, just put it on the screen, 2 Timothy 3.1. Know this, know this, know it. Not, not hope it, know. In the last days, perilous times might come. No, listen to me. They're coming. And nothing you are going to do is going to change it. Now, now listen, I want someone not doing drugs in the White House. But when we finally get someone back in the White House, we still have a lot of bad people on the planet. I'm going to say this to y'all, and I don't want you to throw anything at me. I thank God for the last election for one reason. It woke me up to how bad things are. I was a little naive. And the last election I went, this country's crazy. Okay, that means in every party and all over the earth, there are bad people. Now, I'm going to get ahead of myself right now, and I want to say something. In the book of Romans, I want to read this to you. Um, the Lord brought this to me the other day, and he began to talk to me about preaching in the last days. Romans 3, 10, as it is written, there's none righteous, no, not one. What percentage of a sinner is good. None. 
There is nothing in him any good. So the thing that I think is shocking us is how bad people are. Does it shock you when people kill babies and don't care? It does me. Does it shock you that they create a vaccine knowing they're eliminating people, they're dying, and don't care? What we're seeing is how wicked a son of Adam can be when you take the restraints off of him. See, God sees it. So outside of Jesus, every man outside of Jesus is as wicked as Lucifer in his heart. See, that shocks. It shocks us because we've all kind of had a, they're basically good. They're not basically good. Take the restraints off of them and we're watching people do things and say things that are beyond even my ability to imagine. I mean, the lies, just bald face, stupid lies. And I'm going, you got to have a little bit more sense than that. And they don't. Will it get worse? I'm not trying to scare you. Yes. Don't be shocked anymore at how bad a sinner can act because they can really get ugly. And now we're starting to see them come out of the closet. I've seen people act ways that I never in my life. Lisa and I were on an airplane the other day headed to Mark, Mark Hankins' ministry. We're on United. I'll just throw them under the bus. And the lady came by, and Lisa's mask was right under her nose. And she said, we will write you up and find you, I think, 30 thousand dollar fine and I'm going you're insane and she's serious and and, and it, my first reaction was we ought to just open the door and let you out of it yeah. that's just my first reaction the love of God kicked in we'll talk about that in a minute but the Lord began he said this to me we're going to have to go back and start preaching on there's none righteous, no, not one. Because a lost person doesn't know how lost they are. Now I want to read some of this, if you don't mind. Let me just read it to you. There is none who understands. Is that mean none? Is that really that they have no, no understanding? They don't. That's why you're talking to them and they're like, duh. Unless you pray for them, and the Holy Ghost comes on them, they will never have any understanding. Come on, y'all. I'm trying to get you to think a minute. There is none who seeks God. If God didn't find them, they would never get saved. If God didn't look for you, you'd have never gotten born again. They've all turned aside. They have come together unprofitable. There is none who does good, not even one. Their throat is an open tomb. Their tongues they have practiced deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. 
Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace they have not known it, and there is no fear of God before their eyes. And now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those under the law, so every mouth will be stopped. Unless we come back in churches and start talking to a lost person and explaining, without Jesus, you're lost, son. So we're all waiting for judgment to come to the politicians and the wicked people on the planet. But I got news for you, it's coming. One way or the other, it's coming. There will be a judgment day. There will be a day when they'll be incarcerated in the region of the dam for all eternity. And that's not funny. I don't want anybody to go to hell. And you and I have an obligation to start being light in a dark world. Because when we get around people like that that are just full of the devil, we need to have mercy on them and help them. I'm not responsible for them getting saved, but I am responsible to be a light and give them truth if they're hungry for it. Come on. Come on. All right. Back to my notes. <laughs> Glory to God. So we're living in perilous times. We're not here to stop trouble from coming, but to get people ready to meet God. Number one, the church. Number two, the world. The end of the age is coming, and there's nothing you can do about it. It's happening. It's happening in front of our eyes, and it's happening faster than many of us ever dreamed. Number two, is our, our number one is, is 24, verse 4. Go to 24, uh, Matthew 24, 4. The very first thing he said, Jesus answered and said, take, take heed, no one deceive you. He said to me, see to it that you are not deceived. Now, listen, listen to me very carefully. Deception is rampant right now. I've never seen so much stupid in my entire life. If you don't believe it, just get on Facebook. And it's obvious the, the stupid versus non-stupid argument that's going on. And the ones that are stupid, they're going to stay stupid until they get born again. But, the, but Jesus said, number one on the checklist in the last day, number one, you make sure you're not deceived. That is your number one highest order for you right now. If you don't know what's going on, I have a question why do you not know what's going Amen. on? It is not my responsibility to do your homework for you. Lisa and I have a family member. They don't go to this church. There's nobody you know. They vaccinated their kids the other day and wrote Lisa and said, our daughter, 13, is now having massive headaches. Born again, spirit-filled, tongue-talking, dumb as a rock Christian. Why is it she does not know. I've talked to many people, and I'm not trying to, if you've been vaccinated, I'm going to say something to you very kindly. Stop. Why would you take a vaccine that will kill you to protect you against a COVID that will not? Don't get mad at me. It's time for me just to preach the truth to you. Just give it to you straight. Now, is COVID bad? It's about as bad as the flu. Have people died from it? Yes. Is there a chance you'll die? Small. Vaccine? Probably 100%. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know everyone. If you had all three of them, just, just go now and stop. Believe God. Trust God. Get your, get your job done before you get out of here. Yeah. 
Now, if you don't understand what I just said and I offended you, you are a deceived person. And you're deceived on purpose. You chose to not know. Now, I'm going to say something now, and I'm just trying to be loving, kind, gracious. There was a time as a pastor I felt responsible for you. And I was wrong. When I come to the hospital, I'm not coming to override 10, 15 years of you not obeying God with a prayer. I might be there to find out what songs to sing at your funeral. I'm no longer going to lie to you and tell you that you'll have a miracle, I have a want. That's a lie. You're deceived. Too many Christians are running around with their head stuck in the sand thinking that somehow or another mentally assenting to the Bible is faith. It is not. So are you all okay so far? Nobody's okay. You know, I, I, I want to I preach like Mark Hankins and everybody leave happy. <laughs> I'd rather you just make heaven sometimes. Just make heaven. Go to James one twenty one, please. Make sure, Jesus says, see, you see that you're not deceived. That means it's if you're deceived, you did it. No, the news didn't do it. The government didn't do it. You did it. Look at this. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, not the word, the implanted word. You got to plant it. In you, and it's got to grow. You got to water it, which is able to save your soul, not your spirit, man, your soul. Look at verse 20. Look at the next one. And be a doer of the word, not just sitting in church and here only, deceiving who? Whatever you're not doing, you're deceived. And you chose it. Now, let's stop for a minute and talk about Christians. There never was anywhere in the Bible that praying in the Spirit was optional. Well, there are going to be some people who like it, and some people don't like it, and some people need it, and some people don't. No. Jesus never said, this is a radio or a stereo in your car, and you can take it or leave it. This is the motor. There are things in your Bible that never have been optional. Meditating on the Word of God day and night is not optional. Praying in the Holy Ghost is not optional. Keeping yourself in the love of God is not optional. You you and I are doing it or we are a deceived people. Now, right now, there's enough lies going on right now. I mean, it's just lie after lie after lie being propagated by our government and the only and Satan has no power. He is a defeated foe. He has been stripped of all power and all authority. Then how is he reigning through a lie? By people who chose not to know. He has no authority over you other than what you give him 
because you chose to be ignorant. I'm preaching good. But I'm looking at the body of Christ today and I want to and I want to shout from the housetops. Why is it you're not reading your Bible? Why is it you don't know what he said here? Why is it you don't know about deception? Why is it you don't know about being full of the Holy Ghost? Why is it you don't understand what he said? Why is it that we're taking what he said as though it's unimportant? Everything he said is important. We ought to know this before we ever go to college. You ought to know this before you know anything. The highest priority of your life is what did Jesus say about it? Because you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. I'm not going through life deceived. Number one, I already know that I know that I know that I know that Satan in the world right now has no authority over me. He has no power over me. As a matter of fact, I'm walking around with power dealing with a government who's powerless. How many of y'all remember the Wizard of, no, was it the Wizard? No, no, it was, um, yeah, the Wizard of Oz. You remember the Wizard of Oz? Do you remember the big smoking head was a little tiny guy in the back smoking crack? We've got a guy in the White House who's asleep. And I'm, see, I'm, not, I'm not just joking. I mean, I, I, they're, they're waking up in the morning and bringing him dope and smoking him up. And all he's doing is sitting there in front of it. Someone else is running the running Washington, and it isn't Joe Biden. I know I'm not talking political. I'm not talking about whether he's your man or the. I, no, I, no, I'm not talking politics. I'm talking deception. And how in the world did he get in there? Well, right now I'm. I've already figured out that Daryl Morgan's not fixing the planet. There's too much stupid going on for anybody to fix it. So what are we going to do while we're here? um, That's what we're going to talk about right now. There's something we're supposed to be. Number one, you're supposed to be living in victory right now, not in defeat. You're supposed to be full of joy, not depressed. We're the light of the world. Matter of fact, we've got people starting to walk in this church who are unchurched because they, at least they are out there going, something is happening and going on. This sure looks a lot like what the Christians have been talking about. Maybe we ought to get up and go back into a church and find out if anybody can answer our questions. And we're going to answer them. So there's going to be days when I'm going to address the unbelievers that are walking in the church and get them up here and get them ready for Jesus because they want to know. All right, all right. See to it you're not deceived. Number 2, 24-6. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See, you are not troubled. Are you supposed to be freaking out? No. 
Well, do you hear about Afghanistan? I did. I think anybody that leaves all of our weapons over there is smoking crack. That is the most thing I've ever heard in my entire life. You can't, you, never mind. Now Jesus told us that we're going to hear this. But then he said, when you turn on the television and you find out that they flushed 20 years of us being over there to help people down the commode, when they left Americans over there and got the troops out, when they left helicopters over there, don't be troubled by it. Don't you fall apart. It's all in preparation for a war that will happen, Ezekiel 38, very, very soon, where Turkey and Iran and Russia are going to come down against Israel, and God is going to go, not today, boys. And we're going to watch him roll up his sleeves and show them who God is. And we're sitting back here going, soon and very soon. I don't sing well, but y'all could help me. We are going to see the king. Yeah, it won't be long now, baby. You know, if y'all want to go on vacation, there's two destinations now. Texas and Florida. (laughs) The other day I was teasing Cody and JC, and I said, where y'all going on your honeymoon, Texas or Florida? I don't know whether the islands are still open or not, but we're going to try to get them someplace. Amen. Now, look at this. He said, said, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. This is not the last thing we're going to hear all over the planet, guys. And it's not getting better. Now, don't, don't be afraid. But he said this. You see, you're not bothered. You and I, it is your responsibility to maintain your joy. Now, I'm going to say again, I'm going to say some things. I'm no longer coming in on Sunday morning and pump you happy. If you come in here looking like you've been sucking lemons, you can go home looking like you're sucking lemons. It says rejoice in the Lord, not rejoice in the government. Jesus is still sitting on the throne. All authority in heaven and earth has been given up to him. The Bible says he's laughing. He's sitting up there and he is laughing. Ha, 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 ha. About what's happening on this planet right now. Jesus is getting ready. They're, They're laying out the tables for the marriage supper. And he wants you and I to start getting happy about the fact that we're getting out of here real soon. I mean, if that don't light your fire, your wood is wet. But in the meantime, back at the ranch, we got a few more days down here. We got work to do. Amen. But our days of walking around sad because our government, listen, thank God we finally found out they're all lying, crooked liars. I mean, the whole pile of them. But God is making a division right now between light and dark, right and wrong, and it's not hard to pick a good guy from a bad guy. Just ask them whether they believe in masks. Do you believe in them? I'll help you out with that. 
When you hear of wars and rumors of war, see that you are not troubled. Go to Philippians 4.4, 4, please. I'm going to stay here for a minute. I hope I get done with my sermon, but if I don't, it's all right. Philippians 4.4. 4. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, what is your life? It is even, no, that's 4.14, 4.4. We're going to that one later. Philippians. There we are. Rejoice in what? The Lord. Is he Lord? All right, listen to what I'm going to say here. It's time to act like the Bible's true. No, that's a shock. And you are going to have to maintain your soul. You're either looking at the problem or you're looking at the answer. And from here on, you're going to have to keep your eyes on Jesus. When Mary Frank said, she says, eyes on me, eyes on me, eyes on me. It's a, it's, now, I didn't say it was easy. Especially when you're on United. Again, I say rejoice. Had to say it twice. Keep going. Verse 5. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Verse 6. Be anxious about what? Nothing. That's, he's being serious. Yeah. Nothing. And everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. It's going to be time to do some praying. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. It's up to you to stay at peace. No more walking around going, have you heard? Hush. Listen, there's going to be something bad happening constantly now. No matter who gets in office, there will be bad people. There will be liars. Satan's time is short, and he knows it, and he's fighting like H to not go to hell. You should too. I wish we were half as serious as he is, and he knows he's going to have to overthrow the whole world or he's gone, and he can see the end if, if you don't believe God, at least believe the devil. Oh, boy, that sounded real good, didn't it? Jude 1, 20. Go to Jude chapter 1, verse 20. But you, beloved, you build yourself up on your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Now, let's talk about this for a minute. We talked a while ago about how a sinner, without Jesus, there's nothing good in him. Nothing. When you got born again, he put his life in you, and now he made you righteous. But now you're clean, and you're righteous, but you're not complete. In order for you to make it, he gave you his spirit. And that's serious. That's very serious. Praying in the spirit is not a Pentecostal doctrine. It's a Bible doctrine. It's not a charismatic doctrine. It's a Bible doctrine. He wouldn't have given you something and went, I hope it helps you a little bit. The guy that got Jesus out of hell is here to help you. But not without your cooperation. So if praying in the spirit builds you up, 
What happens if you don't pray in the Spirit? You're walking around going, if you look what they're doing with the vaccine right now, they run about me. Don't shout me down. You and I have the inside help, but we're going to have to pay attention because it's the only help you got, but it's more than enough. If he took Jesus through his life and ministry and Jesus never had a failure, he can do the same with you. So it's time you and I are going to have to start spending a lot more time talking about being full of the Holy Ghost. No more exceptions now. I want to do this so bad, and y'all understand Sundays are a long ways apart, and I don't have a lot of time with y'all, and I got to very strategically go, what am I going to do this Sunday? What am I going to do this Sunday? But I really want to take the time one Sunday and teach you how to get full and stay full, and it might take more than an hour, because I'm going to have to get you to sing a little bit, sing in tongues a little bit. Slap you a little bit and come back. You know, like Mark says, slap that chicken. Preach a little bit on being full of the whole. See, whenever we talk about praying in tongues and I start praying in the spirit, I don't open my eyes because I don't want to see this. Really? Come on, y'all. If you can't pray in the Spirit in church, what are you doing Monday? Now, when I worked construction, I worked with bad people. And so I prayed in tongues all the time. All the time. Do you think I was bothered by what they thought of me? No. With all the trash coming out of their mouth, someone needed to say something good. They would always say, Morgan, what are you saying? I have no idea. <laughs> it doesn't offend them. It offends Christians. It doesn't offend sinners. Yeah. I just walked around all day praying tongues. What language is that? I don't have any idea. How many languages do you speak? Thousands. My father gave this to me. What language does he speak? Thousands. You know, sinners are fun. Y'all, no, you, you, just have fun with them. Mm-mm-mm. The church is the only group that's ashamed of the Holy Ghost. I don't know what book you read, but on the day of Pentecost, he didn't sneak in and go, Speaking tongues. Keep it down. Keep it down. Don't want to offend anybody. All right, let's pray in the spirit. The Bible says they lifted their what? Voice. Voice. You know, and I've had people, and I'll just tell you all this. I've had, I've had times when I start praying in tongues, prong preaching, people just get up, leave. They're in the wrong building. 
Amen. They'll be back. When you want victory, come back. Amen. I want to ask you a question. If you see someone pushing a car down the road, would you get out and help them say, you know, what's wrong? And what would you do if you found out that there's nothing wrong with the motor and it has gas? <laughs> well, we just don't believe in cranking it up. God gave us this car and we don't believe in revving the motor. We think that was done away with. But he gave us this car and we feel obligated to push it around town. Maybe he gave you the car to ride in. Yeah. Amen. So leave and go down the road and just go, well, hallelujah. There's some people you'll never help. And they'll get to heaven and go, well, that car you gave me was sure heavy. And Jesus is going to say, well, where were the keys? In the ignition. Did you crank it? Oh, no. That was done away with. We don't believe in making noise. Well, that's why you were pushing it. Never mind. That's just too deep for some of y'all. Okay. <laughs> I got to enjoy myself. I do this for a living. Number three, see to it you're ready to go. James 4.14. Let's put it up there. Number one, see to it you're not deceived. Number two, see that you're not troubled. Number three, see to it you're ready to go. Now, I'm going to say something. I'm going to use someone's name. I'm not trying to start trouble. Lisa's like, amen, don't start no trouble. (laughs) We did Sue Conley's funeral the other day. One of the things that got my heart was Sunday I walked up and, and I'm teasing her and I said, boy, you're a glutton. You've got to have your hug. She says, i got to have my hug. Every Sunday she'd come in and look at me and go, I want my hug today. And I'd give her a big hug and, and the next week I'm burying her. I was not ready for that. I would have never in the wildest dreams ever believed that the lady who's perfectly healthy right now I'm hugging would be gone in a few days. I want you all to do something. Be ready to go. You don't know when. And I don't, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean the life is crazy right now. So I want to read a scripture to you. Whereas you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. That's not, well, I don't use your faith. You can't use your faith on that. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I know you all got your plans. But how many of you have ever had your plans changed? Oh, yes. Yeah, mine helped changed a lot. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. What is your life? It's a vapor that appears a little time and it's gone. Your life is a match. Whoosh. It's gone. It's shorter than you think it is. I think everybody who walks, who walks in a church should be right now ready to die. If you're not, don't leave today until you're ready to die. I don't mean you are going to die. Just every day, be ready to go. Go to bed at night, go. Anything I need to get right before I go to sleep, 
I have no animosity in my heart. I have opportunity. I will not live a day with aught in me. I, I stay ready to go. I was working construction once, the Aaron rents down on 436 and 50, and I'm and I'm we're laying block on a building, and I walked out on a scaffold that was not connected to the other side. And all of the scaffolding and all of the block came crashing down with me from probably the height of that light right there. And I fell in a pile of boards and all the blocks fell on my head and my body. And I honestly thought that I was going to die. And I'll tell you why. I had hit a board with right here. If you look real hard, you see a scar on my chin. And I caught a board on the way down and it ripped my face open. And the blood ran into my mouth. It knocked the air out of me so that when I pushed up from the boards and the pile of rubble I was in, blood came gushing out of my mouth, and I stopped and went, I guess I'm going home. I thought, I punctured a lung, and I'm fixing to die. And I mean, there was no fear. And it happened like that. I didn't die. <laughs> I sat there and waited for Gabriel to grab me, and no Gabriel came. But I got to tell y'all something about it, cause I, and I hope that, I hope y'all don't mind me telling you goofy stuff on me. When I worked construction, I only wore tennis shoes and, jump, and gym shorts, and through the looms, in case y'all were wondering. I never wore a shirt, never wore a hat, and I was quite dark. Darker than you. So when I went in the hospital, they wrote me down as colored. They did. They did. They wrote down, you know, Daryl Morgan. They wrote, they checked colored. And I went, oh, I think that's not right. And the nurse went, yeah, it is. And I did uh, <laughs> copper tone thing, and they went, White butt, oh, white boy. <laughs> now that was free, that had nothing to do with my, I just thought that y'all need to laugh a minute. <laughs> I have since lost most of that tan. But I was a brother for a while. <laughs> I say that because, and I told Gene Gant this morning in the office, I said, Gene, be ready to go. Yeah. All of you in here, live your life as though today's it. Yeah. When Paul said, I die daily, do you know what he meant by that? I might not, I'm, he got killed a couple of times. <laughs> they stoned him to death. Of course, God raised him back up. Just, just stay ready. Always stay in an atmosphere if today was my last day. Okay, number one, see to it you're ready to go. Number four, Jude 1, see to it you're full of the love of God. See to it. Boy, you have no idea how bad I want to spend the rest of the day on this. Without the love of God that he gave me, I wouldn't have any. Right. 
I don't have any love outside of Jesus in me. Like I was teasing a while ago about taking the stewardess and that, giving her an exit at 30,000 feet. <laughs> you ever read the scripture in there where it says that Paul, after they beat him and threw him in jail, he was singing? I would not have been singing. I'd have been calling a lawyer. When you unchain me, I'm coming out there and I'm going to take your head. I'm going to whoop you. You know, just that's natural. Right now, I believe all of us have had our buttons pushed by people. And I'm going to tell you, maintaining the love of God in you has not been easy. If there ever was a time we need to stay prayed up and stay full, it's now. Now look at, look at Jude 1. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ into eternal life. It says in 20 right before that, Beloved, build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. If there's something we're missing in church right now, it's coming in here and having Holy Ghost meetings. Not that we're just trying to be more Pentecostal. He gave you the Holy Ghost so you would learn to stay full of the Spirit. Because when you're full of the love of God, it's a whole lot easier to be nice to everybody. Now, if you're cranky, you're not prayed up. If you're hard to get along with, you're not prayed up. It's up to us to maintain the fullness, especially now. He gave us the Holy Ghost for our benefit. It is possible to love the lost. All right, that's my next one. Number five, get busy with job number one. 80% of the people around you right now are either backslidden or lost. 80%. And we're walking through life right now around people who are going to hell. That's not okay. That means you and I have a job to do while we're here. I'm preaching this because we've, if you know that you know that you know that the ark is open and the animals are getting on, mm -hmm. do you know that something's changing? Yes. And I know that all of us have plans for our future, but I don't think they're as far out as you think they are. And I think that we will see a change in the world we live in. And I think that we're going to change and step into the millennial reign much faster than you think. Now, I've been in this church for 32 years. I don't think we got seven. Maybe seven. Maybe. And I think it's going to be a rough seven in the world. I don't think it'll be a rough seven for us. But I think, I think right now, us walking in church and spending time in the presence of God is paramount. The Lord is the strength of our life. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And I think that you and I are going to have to start changing our focus. Well, let's go back to the lost here for a minute. Remember what I said a while ago about, about, you know, there's none righteous, no, not one. Look at Proverbs 24, verse 11. Deliver those who are drawn toward death and hold back those stumbling to the slaughter. The other day we were in the airplane and the stewardess came by and threatened to give Lisa a ticket. 
My first reaction was, eh, lady. My second one was, she's going to hell. That's not funny. And I sat there in that chair and I went, Father, I may not be the one to send someone across her path. She needs to know Jesus. And I wake up in the morning now, I go, is there anybody you want me to talk to today? Anybody you want me to talk to? I mean, you just stop me. I mean, I'll do it. Not everybody's ready, but the ones that are ready, they have the right to be interrupted because there was a time when I was lost. I did not find God. He found me. We're going to crank our prayer meetings in this church back up to where they need to be. There needs to be more supplication for the lost. Because without the Spirit of God drawing them, they're not coming out of darkness. There's too much looseness in the body. We're going to need to pick it up in prayer now. We've been a teaching center. We're going to have to start being a sending center. We're going to have to get our fire up. Amen? Y'all are so wonderful to preach to. I'm going to tell you, I'm just, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 14, the gospel of the kingdom be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations and the end will come. At the signing of the peace treaty in Israel, you have seven years before Jesus returns. Three and a half before the great tribulation. There will be a nuclear war. They will exchange nukes. That's in your Bible. I won't be here. If you're born again, you won't either. All of this is happening while we're watching. This thing's not going, it's not de-escalating, it's, it's getting worse. Man outside of God is crazy. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the, in the days of the Son of Man. I believe we're living in, in, in wonderful times and tough times. I think the greatest day of the church is ahead of us. Because people are getting hungry for the first time. People are starting to listen when you talk about these things for the first time. Because it's not just something that's going to happen one day. It's happening right now in front of your eyes. There is a new world order that is already planned for a one world government. They are already working to overthrow the United States of America, the last beacon. It's not going to be one with an election. It's going to be one on your knees. You're going to change it now. You're going to change it in prayer. But we're here. We live now. And you have everything you need to live through this time. He gave you the Holy Ghost. He gave you the Word of God. Let's go back to a scripture I quoted a while ago. See that you're not troubled. I want you to learn to maintain the joy of the Lord right now. I want you to pick up your Bible and start reading it. Spend time with God. Pray every day of your life now. Walk with Him and get to know Him well. You're going to need it. It's no longer up to someone else to do your praying for you. Pastor, pray for me. No. Pray for yourself. Does that sound brutal? It's not. 
We don't need to keep going to meetings hoping that somebody will slop an anointing on your head. You need to become the anointed. You need to become a fireball. You need to get full of God. Full of the word. Full of the anointing. You need to be a praying, preaching machine right now. When I got born again, I knew one scripture. That's all I knew. But I chose. I'm not staying here. I don't want to stay here. I had a man. I'm going to tell you what changed me. His name was Lonnie. I worked certainteed. I was shy. I didn't talk about Jesus. I used to be shy. I know you're going, you're crazy. No, I was shy. I was very shy. Lonnie came to me one day and said, have you ever watched the 700 Club? And I went, yeah. That's all I said. I didn't want to talk about the Lord. Came back to work the next day. My boss walked out and said, Lonnie will not be with us. He put a 303 in his mouth last night and blew his brains out. And I stood there and I said, he's in hell. And I was afraid to talk. Yeah. And I dropped to my knees. Yeah. I said, starting now, yes. I will never again be afraid to share the gospel. I will get over being shy. No one else will go to hell on my account. God sent him to me. And I dropped the That changed me. I've been preaching all over the world. Nobody named Lonnie goes walking by me now. You want to talk about Jesus, we'll talk about Jesus. In the world, you will have trouble. But I have overcome it. The greater one's in us. We have everything we need. Jesus called us light. It's time to shine. Are y'all ready? Amen. Say our best days, our best days. Are, ahead of us. are ahead of us. If he gave you a checklist, I don't know whether you're taking notes or not, you may want to go back over there and read some of the things he said so you don't forget them. Yeah. Ready to pray? Yes. Father, thank you for this church. Thank you for everybody that got up this morning and walked in it, born again, they love you. You gave us gifts, eternal life gave us the Holy Ghost, you gave us the Word, you gave us each other. Father, turn us into the men and the women of God that we need to be. Cause us to live during this time victorious. Cause us to be ready every day of our life to not only share Jesus, but to ready to go if need be. Cause us to pay attention to the time we're in. You didn't want us to run around sad. You're up in heaven laughing. We can sit down here and laugh. We can enjoy our life. But I ask you to help us as a church to be a light in the world that we're living in. And I pray that there's no Lonnie's will get by us now. If there's anyone in here right now, Father, not ready to go or not where they need to be, I'm asking you to deal with their heart. 
so that everybody in the sound of my voice will make heaven. We'll be ready, ready to get it all fired up. It's time to get smoking for Jesus. And we give you the glory and honor for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Isn't God good? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. As our altar workers come forward, we just want to extend that to you that if you've never asked Jesus to be Lord of your life, today, the Bible says, today's the day of salvation. Don't leave here without asking Jesus to be Lord. Amen. If you are with someone today and you're not sure whether they have really done that and made that commitment, turn to them and say, have you asked Jesus in your heart to be Lord and Savior? I mean, what better place to do it? Well, the Spirit of God is in here moving on people. And if they're not sure, bring them up. Have them pray the prayer so they can have that remembrance today on September the 20th, 2021. I ask Jesus to be Lord. God so loved the world. God loves all of you, but that doesn't mean you're not going to hell. Amen? God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his only begotten son, John 3, 16, that whoever believes in him, whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you continue not to believe, if you continue to say no, you are going to hell, and he loves you with all his heart, but he's, he can't stop you from making that choice. So... This morning, come, be born again. Say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. And if you have or want prayer for any other reason, come up this morning and say, I want prayer. Because the Lord said, if any two shall agree on earth, in Matthew, he said, if any two agree on earth as touching anything they ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Sometimes we just need prayer and agreement. And these are up here to get in agreement and prayer with you. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, come up. Say, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit today. I want that heavenly, powerful prayer, prayer language that helps me pray the perfect will of God when I don't know what to say. I use it more than I use English now. It's great. Hallelujah. And it'll make you feel great too. Hallelujah. For all you feelers out there that like to feel something, you don't always feel something, but when you get done, the path has been made for you. And if you stay in it long enough, it will strengthen you and encourage you. Amen. And you'll know that you accomplished something. Something has been accomplished. You prayed the perfect will of God. Jesus and the angels, they go to work. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel to our podcast to our SoundCloud and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.